<laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And guess what, kiddies? You are now tuned in to PBD Horror Podcast. Pleasant screams. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PVD Horror Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Brandon. And we have a very exciting episode. I am super stoked. Joining us here today is Jamie Galen of 1994's cult classic hit, in my eyes, Brain Scan, which also co-stars Edward Furlong and The Trickster. Um, it's just phenomenal film one of my favorites so jamie i'm so excited to have you here i guess also i'd be um ignorant not to also announce that you were in beethoven's third as well <laughs> oh sure yeah beethoven's classic third. that's Thank that's you. what everyone's yeah. here for i think right yeah for all you three-year-olds <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but jamie that's thank you so much <laughs> um, i was also on the x-files yeah. yes yep. yes with, you were uh, with the lone gunman. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, man. This is honestly, I've wanted to have you on the show for quite a while. Um, just everything aligned perfectly to get you on today. So I'm just appreciative you're here. So thank you. Um, it's my pleasure. I'm so I I it's it kind of amazes me that brain scan has like come around and it's like like you yeah. say, like cult classic, like yeah. wow. It deserves it though. You know what? Uh, like I yeah. went and saw it in the theater, and there were like two people there. Um, Jamie, that was I've I've shared this on here before. That was my first rated R horror film in the theaters. I saw it when I was in second grade. My sister dropped me and my my friend at the time off to see it. Um, yeah, it was not a very packed theater, but it was one of my favorite experiences. One I'll never forget. I've been in love with Brain Scan ever since. I've watched it a thousand times um it i could recite almost every line it's just one of those that like holds a very special uh place in my heart so i i absolutely love the film god bless you <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm you know i was surprised i mean i right i here. thought it was great i was super surprised when i saw it because i had no idea like you know uh john flynn is a really good director you know, and, and I knew the script was good, but now like Andrew Kevin Walker, I mean, did you see the killer? Yeah. 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 You know, like I saw, yeah. I was watching like, no way. It's fucking, it's fucking Andrew, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, seven, I mean, he's, he's really good. So him, John Flynn and uh, T Ryder Smith, yeah. I think are the real stars of this movie. Of course, Eddie was great. And he brought a lot of his like, you know, Terminator cachet yes. to it. And, yep. you know, Amy was good. I was adequate, you know, for the part I played. Come on. Yeah, you were great. You were great. You were a great Thanks. horror fan. You got everybody, you know, hyped up for the product that was coming out. So, you know, yeah. that, that's all you could do. You know, you yeah. plug in Fangoria. True horror yeah. fan. <laughs> I, I watched it. Reese, I watched it before I went and did the Forest Hills and I hadn't seen it for like a decade. And oh, okay. I downloaded it um, from Pirate Bay, and because uh, I didn't even have I, I didn't have a DVD player, so I probably have a, a copy of it in a box. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was pretty, I like, I was charming. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. All I wanted to do, like, I, you know, I'm like, okay, so why is Eddie's character friends with this guy? He must just be like a super nice best friend, you know. And that's all mm. I wanted to be was just like, oh, you know, I'm your friend. Okay. I just wanted to be really amiable, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, so. and you do reiterate to him that you're his friend like several times in the film. It's just like, that's your purpose. <laughs> that's your purpose yeah, in yeah. life is to be his <laughs> friend. Is to be his friend. But I think I had other friends, but he didn't. Yeah. You know, mm. I think I was the type of kid that hung out with every group at the school, you know? And I also, I, you know, someone else asked me like, why do you think he was friends with uh what, what was Eddie's character's name? I'm sorry. Um, it was Michael. 
Michael, Michael. Yeah. I'm like, he, he, obviously he grew up near him cause I walked to his house. Yes. Yeah. So mm. they, they probably, you know, I like, they probably went to like nursery school together and just, you know, he turned into some recluse and we were just friends. I don't know. We liked horror movies. And you, and you connected over video games and horror. So like, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Like and I said, it's a real friendship of horror, like how the horror community is today. Yep. So, you know, that's yeah. kind of how me and Dave became friends. You yeah. know, so. <laughs> Where, I mean, where where that where the Michael to a lot of other people too probably <laughs> like there's yeah. a bunch of our our friends who don't like like who don't have a bunch of other things in common with us other than like maybe they watch some of the movies that we watch so yeah um, it, and you know the movie's super relatable for the time I think because of the video game aspect which was like so popular um, and this idea that like video games were really going to take it to like this next level. Yeah. And that ultimate fear of like, what could that be? It's like lawnmower man type stuff. Yeah. Right? We didn't, we were so afraid of what was going to come out of like, what if video games get too real? <laughs> yeah. What if the CD ROM, like, it was a CD ROM. Like, it's a, and I think <laughs> around that time, wasn't there a thing where people were like having seizures because of strobe lights or something? I think that must be where he got that. Yeah, you know, that, like that be... opening, yeah, to the game, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. The the movie was like, it's funny. It's very true to its time. Um, in a way, it's kind of like a time capsule, but it also like I don't feel like it's super dated. That could be just my love for it, and maybe I'm just defend it to the end. But um, I don't feel like it's super dated. Like I feel like you could like still watch it today and mm. like yeah. and, and appreciate that. You know, obviously, it's a very '90s film, but at the same time, like still not look at it like oh that's you know almost too. i would give the credit to that for the script of course because it's it's good but also the production design and i would give the credit to montreal Mm, like we shot in montreal and the entire crew was like quebecois and they are all just the coolest people they have the best style and taste i mean i've ever known french canadians but they're super hip groovy people you know, I mean, Cirque du Soleil's from there. Yeah. So that's, I mean, like my haircut, like this French Canadian girl was just like, oh, let me cut your hair. You know, and <laughs> like I had it like I just grown it out. She's like, I just cooked here and I cooked here. There we go. It's good. You know, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's a really good haircut. <laughs> like, And the whole thing, just like the jackets, they're like, oh, why don't you wear this? Uh, you need accessorizing. You know, yeah. they, they, just, they made us all look great. And the house, yeah. Montreal's a really nice place. It is. It's, awesome. it's, it's cold. Yeah. Nice. So, Jamie, I want to kind of touch on, you know, a little bit of, you know, your upbringing and, you know, coming into the career, your career and everything like that. So reaching out, we we noticed that you have a name change. Can you tell our listeners and everybody about like the, the change, like how that happened? Well, um, I was adopted by a foster okay. family and uh, I through the children's aid society um in 1966 so i was lucky it wasn't after roe versus wade or god knows if i'd even be here but um and so i knew nothing about it i tried to contact the children's aid society they wouldn't tell me anything then along comes ancestry.com right so i i i spit into a little tube and i mailed it out and i got back this thing and it was like you have a half sister her name is whatever so I contacted her and then I, I, and I found out my birth mother was 19 years old. She lived in mm. New York. Um, she never told her family she was pregnant. She, uh, she moved into the Children's Aid Society home for like, you know, pregnant teens or whatever. And yeah. me and fostered, gave me to a foster home, foster family thinking she could get me back. But they, that's not how it worked back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I and so I was adopted by this family who the Marshes, who my, you know, my, you know, I was very lucky. It was like I grew up in Westchester. You know, they were, you know, nice family. My mom was very loving. Um, and uh, uh, and then I found out that my birth father, I also found out I had a cousin. So I contacted the cousin. And we found that I had a half a possible half sister. And it turned out my birth father was this guy named Antonio Casabianca who came from Sicily in 1960 and he was 26. So I'm guessing he, he had to marry like an Italian girl. So he didn't want to marry my 
birth mother. So that's why, okay. but whatever. But so once I found all that out and I was, I never liked the name Marsh and I was like, okay, I gotta. So I decided to change my name to something that I liked and uh, just to sort of like, I don't know, get, get all that out of my head. There were other things that, you know, were inter- you know, I don't need to get yeah. into, but okay. no, yeah. yeah. So that was that. So that's, that's okay. the origins of Jamie, you know? Okay. Um, I was, yeah. I, I noticed also you lived in Sweden for a bit in uh, Stockholm. I did. Mm. Um, when I was my, my adopted family, they, my, uh, my adopted father, he got a job in Stockholm. He got transferred there. So I, you know, the whole family moved to Sweden when I was 12 years old wow. and we lived there for three years. I still speak Swedish. I go back. Oh, that's um, cool. I did a movie in Sweden called Montenegro, which okay. is also kind of a cult weird movie um, starring Susan Anspach. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was, I, I mean, I, I, I could have done a lot worse as far as getting adopted. For sure. Know? For sure. So, yeah. 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 Um, what was, did you, you know, obviously you must've liked Sweden. That's always been a place that I've had like interest. I would love to, to visit sometime, but um, yeah. What was that like being there? It was incredible. It, this was in like, I moved there in like 1979. I lived there till like 81 and it was safe. It was, you know, you, you know, I, I, I got a subway pass to go to school and there was, I suddenly had access to this entire European yeah. city and I could mm-hmm. do whatever I wanted. And it was, it was just in, incredible. And, uh, you know, like, the, I, I, I mean, I made, I, I learned Swedish. I had Swedish friends I, uh, I just loved it. I, I wish I hadn't come back, but you know, I, I wish I'd stayed there until I went <laughs> yeah. to college or something, but, but you then know, we wouldn't I, have Kyle. Yeah, we exactly. have Kyle. yeah, I came back <laughs> to American high school and, uh, and then I, uh, I went to college for like a semester and I dropped out to go to New York to like study acting. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm yeah. still trying to envision uh, living in a place that's safe enough where a kid can take a subway to school. I mean, here kids literally almost get ca- picked up at their driveway by the bus. Yeah. It's like insane. Where are you guys? Uh, we're in Rhode Island, um, oh, which isn't okay. like the craziest place to live. But mm-hmm. like uh, nowadays, is this? It feels like kids don't even go to bus stops anymore. They almost get picked up at their house. But you're taking yeah. the subway to to school. That's that's awesome. It was back. I don't think it's it's so safe anymore. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, back then it was super safe. Like you could be 12 years old, like walking around the city, like, you know, doing whatever you wanted. Me and my, you know, it was, it was an incredible freedom. And it probably like made me, I don't know, like feel like I, you know, I could do great things, you know? So, and gave me a real feeling of like my set, a sense of self and, and, you know, European kids are just, they're more worldly, you yeah. know, they, mm. they understand about, geography like different people and cultures and uh, it was just a great experience for me so it gave me that sense of something beyond you know the uh just the u.s Mm -hmm. so So, uh back in 1991 you were a part of the award-winning play lost in yonkers can you talk about your time on broadway and how this path opened the door to your acting career yes well that's exactly what happened i was um i've always looked young Mm. i've always looked five, 10 years, you know, younger than I was, am. And so I dropped out of college, which made my, my parents really thrilled, but I had done a production of, I guess, Godspell and, uh, cabaret in college. And I, I got like great reviews in the St. Petersburg times, you know? So my, my parents came and saw me and they were like, you're actually good. So okay, we'll give you enough rope to hang yourself and let you take acting lessons in New York City. Because luckily I lived an hour outside of New York. Okay. So I could take the train in. I lived in, in Westchester. So I, I got into a, a class with a lady named Uta Hagen, who was a great acting teacher. And I did every Neil Simon scene that you could do for someone my age. That He had like Biloxi Blues Broadway Bound, Brighton Beach Memoirs. And there were scenes in those plays that you would bring into acting class and do. And Uta would would tell you, you know, with Neil Simon, it has to be life or death. And you can't play the funny. You can't hit the punchlines. It just, it it was great acting teaching. So I was, um, I had gotten an agent, a good agent. And she called me, she's like, Jamie, 
they there's this new Neil Simon play that I got an audition for. They um they cast two kids, and after the first reading, they fired them. So they're desperate. So you have an audition tomorrow morning. And I went to her office and I got the, it was like a 10 page scene. And I went and I spent all night memorizing it, getting off book. And I basically doing what Uta Hagen taught me how to do. And I went in to that first audition and seven auditions later, I had the part. So I was good. You know, they say you have to prepare and get ready for when you're given the opportunity uh, to get your reward. So that's kind of what I did. I was prepared in the right place, the right time, the right part. And I got to do this play, which uh, also starred Kevin Spacey. Oh, wow. Yes. He played my uncle. And uh, I won't get into that. But everything they say about him is pretty true. Um, Uh, Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, so but it at was the great, time, though, I imagine that must have been like, this is huge. It was huge. He wasn't huge. He he hadn't blown up yet. Yeah. Okay. This was for The Usual Suspects. The only movies he'd done, he had just done a movie called See No Evil, Hear No Evil mm-hmm. with Richard Pryor. And he was on a TV show called uh, Wise Guys, which he got a little acclaim for. But he was good. He was good in the part. But I didn't think he was you know, the greatest actor in the world, but he was very good. And sure. he, he was the most determined, ambitious person I've ever met in my life. Okay. So his, his career was meteoric. Yeah. And he, he did right after that. He just, he took off, he did Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And then it was just all, and he was very nice to me. He was always very nice to me. So I can't really say too much bad about him, but yeah, the, um, I w- we had a big rehearsal, like a month of rehearsals, and then we opened up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and right out of the gate, it was standing ovations, huge hysterical laughs the whole time. Mm-hmm. We knew we had a hit. We won four Tonys and a Pulitzer Prize. Uh-huh. It was it was a it was just a wow. great. That's, yeah. Did you know that it was going to be that big when you got cast apart? Were were you like, oh, this is a big deal? This is gonna you know get us some notoriety here. I I didn't know it was going to be the biggest hit on Broadway. I knew it was a, a pretty good play and it was Neil mm. Simon and he had a good track record, but mm. no, I, I had no idea it was going to win a Pulitzer prize yeah. um, or run for two years. And then I do it 800 times. Yeah. And uh, no, that was all just, just a great fortuitous thing. Yeah. I stepped in. I was so lucky. Yeah. And, but you, Dude, I mean, I, but you didn't, it's not like you just blindly went into it though. There was a lot of preparation yeah. that, that went into it on your end. So like, obviously all yeah. that paid off. Had you not done all that, who knows, had you, we, if you would have been prepared for that audition. So, I mean, that says Thank a lot you. right there. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to have faith and go and, and find your destiny. And yeah, but I would, you know, uh, training is good. Knowing how people who want to be an actor there it, it is a skill you need to know yeah. what you're doing mm-hmm. so uh, i would suggest that find a good good class and a good teacher and and hone your skill so that when you get that audition that's like oh my gosh here's my opportunity yeah. you can you can nail it yeah, yeah. So, and that's yeah. cool because you you know your career you, you you've done films commercials you know and uh there's a lot of things and you know we we've talked to a lot of actors that you know kind of like did the same thing but you had a lot of great commercials you had ads for a coca-cola volkswagen at&t but your big hit one was like the halloween m&m's commercial um how was it like working on those ads you know back then it was just one a commercial is one day it's very fast it's it's fun and it's super easy to audition for you don't have to memorize anything um I, I almost got into doing commercials more than other things because there was no heartbreak of not getting it. it or I did like four pilots and none of them went and they were all so good. And, and so that's just soul crushing when you, mm-hmm. when you're trying to create a character and you think, okay, there's going to be an arch. And, and then it's like, no, sorry, I didn't get picked up. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's towards, um, yeah, towards the end of the aughts, I I leaned more into commercials, but yeah, it's uh, 
it really is a skill that you need what you go nowadays it's different because you have self-tapes so you can finesse it and, and do many takes but back mm-hmm. then you had to do, you had to walk into that room and you have one or two shots and do it so theater trained me really well for the auditioning process yeah i had seen this uh this whole like video of carrot top like when he was sitting there just kind of talking about how he prepared for commercials and how he had to just so many takes and everything like that and uh how a lot of his uh improv stuff was actually the one thing that were used more you know so yeah. so it's kind of cool seeing like the whole you know, behind the scenes stuff of like how it is to like create a commercial you know so yeah you really have to take your ego out commercial directors are very they can be very blunt and they need it really yeah. quick so i've had directors give me line readings which mm-hmm. to some actually like you can't give me a line reading that goes against my artistic process. For me, I'd just be like, oh, okay. And then I would mimic him and try and make it as real as possible. He'd be like, great, that's it. Okay, moving on. So you yeah. really have to sort of take your ego out and it's, it's, and just kind of have fun with it. Not, yeah. It's not that serious. You're selling a product. Right. It's not about you. It's about the yeah. product you're selling. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. The M&M's one was great. That was a, uh, I had no idea that ran for 17 years. Yeah. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It would like some years when I wouldn't do that. Well, in October, that check would come and I'd be like, okay, I'm safe for the next year. Cause it was, those, <laughs> they can good. be very lucrative. Yeah. 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 yeah they oh. changed the game when they added those talking M&Ms to the commercials, you know? So it was, it was cool. So, yeah. you know, have you seen the commercial, Dave? I'm trying to like jog my memory to think of which one it could be. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find this, and we'll have to put it up on the social media for people. It's on there. I think if you Google on YouTube, M and M's Trick or Treat. Okay. Uh, I I mean I must know it. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, and Jamie I, had opened the door. I know who are like you're an actor. What have you done? And I'm, yeah. I'm like, well, I did this M and M's course. Like, oh my god, everybody, <laughs> hundreds of millions of people have seen it. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh that's that's my my you know on my tombstone that's what it'll be. That's awesome actually <laughs> though. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Those but M&Ms are iconic, man. Pardon? Yeah. Those M&Ms are iconic. Like that's They are iconic. They stop and it, luckily I like brain scan. I had a cool look. I had cool hair and it yeah. didn't it's still not dated, but they they stopped running it like 3 years ago. And I was like, "Oh man, I got to I got to get back to work and book something." So Gotta call up M and M's again. Come on. Call up M and M's again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll they'll fix it. It's weird because when they shot it, it was in like the TV was in four three ratio. Yeah. So they had to totally re-edit it into. Oh, okay. 90. Yeah, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You you touched on you know some you know some pilots not taken off and everything like that. I had seen on your uh, YouTube page your uh, the pilot for the killer app um yeah. shows that was really good and so what was with the issue with that how come that wasn't picked up because i think there was some things with fox that kind of stopped that from happening that was heartbreaking and i yeah. didn't find out until a couple of years ago what killed it mm. and i'm sorry to say that the person who killed that pilot was robert altman the director oh man yeah because fox gave him some notes and his ego couldn't handle it. Mm. Yeah. And also, I think he was very bitter against Fox for MASH. Because oh, okay. he directed MASH, and then they made that that TV show out of it. Yeah. And he didn't get a dime for the TV show. But his son made a fortune for the for the um, theme song. The Suicide is Painless theme song. I don't know if you know that. Mm-mm. He His son wrote co-wrote that. And uh, so he put it in the movie. And they he and then they used that theme song for the TV show Mash, and his son made a lot of money off it. And and Bob Robert Altman, who was a wonderful guy, great director, um, for some reason he just when he just decided to pull that pilot, and that mm. was that's hard to it's hard to sort of wrap your mind around that he he screwed so many people over by doing that. But yeah. I mean. You, the people who are in that pilot is amazing. Yeah, Mingna, um, everybody, Jacqueline Oberdorsch who works, Scott Campbell who works, uh, uh, Stephen Lang, 
mm-hmm. who's the the villain in Avatar. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Brenda Strong. Everybody there. Everybody wound up okay. So yeah. So yeah, just looking at it, you know, I I the role that you played, you know, you were so animated, and I had seen people left comments on there saying, you know, this this is kind of what like Silicon Valley is today, that show, you know? So just imagine yeah. like you're in like projects that like are ahead of their times, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we say, brain scan and then uh killer app. And it's just a shame, you know, that, that didn't, that didn't take off the way it should have. So tell me about it. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking and it, very sad, but I, yeah. yeah. And then I did another pilot after that, for HBO called Lessons Learned. Um, another great character and a great, great pilot by Patrick Sheen Duncan. Um, and uh, Mike Shannon was in that pilot. He was one of the actors. And, and we had so much fun. It was filmed in Hawaii. And it was down to either that. And, and they had to choose either that or Six Feet Under. And they chose Six mm-hmm. Feet Under. Uh, okay. So it's like, well, I love Six Feet Under. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The tough one right there. <laughs> yeah. So those two things were like, oh, oh, like, you know, yeah. one was in 99, the other was in okay. 2000. And then in 2001, I had some other things I was doing. And then, yeah, just it, it's it's a tough business. It really yeah. is. You can't take anything personally. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, you touched on it at the start of the show that you were in an, you were in X-Files, you know, so you made a lot of TV appearances such as ER NYPD yeah. Blue. How was it yeah. working on you know some of those big time shows? It well, um, it's like jumping on a moving train when you're on a, yeah. on a hit show like that, especially X Files. I mean, I had a scene with Jillian mm-hmm. where I never even rehearsed with her, and she she is such a pro. She was so great. She she came onto the set in like a big down parka, and it's like. It's like you then I I'd run the scene with like a script consultant and she's like, You're ready to go? And she just walked on and we did the scene. And I had to like struggle to keep up with her a tiny bit. And then we did it a mm. second time and it worked. And they're like, okay, wrap done, goodbye. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and she she had all her lines down. She was like one of the most her and um uh 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 oh the lead of NYPD Blue, um sip away. Yeah, he, those were the two most professional actors i think that i've ever worked with because uh, they were they kept those shows running um france what's his dennis france he was he was wonderful to work with and he actually he, he's heavy in that scene that you have in uh yes. nypd blue right okay yeah mm. i know you're talking yeah. About. yeah yeah i remember he i he was such a nice guy we were shooting the scene and they had to turn around or they had to move some stuff and so he was sitting in his chair and like one of the grips came over like, Dennis, move. We need to, we need to move your chair. And I was like, wow, like the grip just talks to the lead actor like that. And I was like, I was kind of watching to see if mm. how it was going to act. And he was just like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. And he mm. went, he sat in an apple box and he started doing a Sudoku. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> that's how you behave on a set. Yeah. When you're on that <laughs> level, you are, it's all about, getting the thing moving yep. and that was for a young actor who's like uh, you know kind of a little full of myself i was like wow that's a lesson in how and the crew loved him hmm. which is important so i was like that's why the crew loves him because he just yeah it's not yeah. About him yeah so you were just soaking all this up you were working with some great talents you know getting all this experience and you were just soaking it all in i was i was and i still am yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, can you tell us how many different accents you've had to do in your in your shows? I, your um, New York accent for NYPD uh, Blue was pretty great. I don't know if oh, you, thank could, you. Uh, you could hit us with a line from that, but uh, yeah, you you know you talk like I mean it's just a few of the, you drop the Oz and you go yeah. with the long A and you walk the dog and you do, yeah. But I grew up in New York, so yeah. I think yeah. when I was a teenager, I may have talked like that. Actually. I had to change my accent because I went to a I went to a <clears throat> speech class and the first day the guy's like going around the room and he looks at me and he goes say T A L K and I'm like talk and he's like okay can you say talk and I'm like talk he's like say can you say ah and I said ah and he said can you say talk and I'm like talk <laughs> like 
like TikTok. So he gave me a sheet of like talk, walk, dog, you know, all, all that, that is yeah. a dick song where you go down the sheet and he's like, no, go down the sheet and say it all. Talk, walk, brought coffee. And you, you go, you do that a couple of times. And then in your own life, you start catching yourself saying that, and then you change it. So I changed the way I talk. So I don't talk like this anymore. I talk, but I, and that was how I, that was the one regional diphthong sound that I had, which thanks to this speech guy, I was able to eliminate. Now, what accent would you consider Kyle to be? Like, what, how did you, because he's got that like airhead surfer kind of guy. I was thinking Spicoli. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of wanted him to be like, I mean, I didn't even know it was like an East Coast or I mean a West Coast sort of California accent, that sort of stuff. Is is that Kyle? I, I it's what I, yeah, I would so. have said too. Yeah. 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 So I think I was just doing that. And I'd been to LA and I'd hung out in LA and I'd heard all these people talk like this. And I was like, okay, yeah. So he sort of wants to be a surfer. And yeah. I I where was brain scan actually set? That's a great question. I don't yeah, even know. You see it more than me. You should know. I know. I, I don't know that. It, is it a reference? It must be because there's mail. I'm gonna have to yeah. watch it. I'm gonna have to watch it again. Okay. Well, also Eddie, Eddie has it has a West Coast accent. Yeah. So I mean, I always assumed it was West Coast. I just assumed that because yeah, him and yeah, I don't know. But Montreal is East Coast, so very yeah. Much I was just yeah. kind of doing a generic kind of Spicoli. I, I, like a stoner without the without the stone stonerness, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I it was, didn't want... it was just implied, you know. It was yeah. implied. I don't know that Kyle was, you know, Spicoli. Like I don't know that Kyle was a big pothead. Like, yeah, I don't think so. I wasn't. I mean, I was, but like dirt when I went to Montreal <laughs> to do it, I was like, okay, you can't smoke weed, you can't drink, you got to be sober for this because you right. want to have your eyes be clear. Because the in case there's close-ups, yes, okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I so. I told this story. Um, the guy who played the principal, the mean principal, who was the head of the uh, horror class. Who, <laughs> yeah, what okay. was his name? I don't know, but he says he says the line that prompts Eddie Furlong to say, "I don't think erections rape people. I think people rape people." Yeah, that was like yeah. classic line right there. <laughs> That is a clear. And then he's given the thing. Well, I was yeah, staying at yeah, the Hotel yeah. du Parc in Montreal. And and one Friday, I was going to go out. And I go out into the lobby. And he's there. And he wasn't the character at all. He was just kind of hanging out in the lobby. And he's like, hey. We, you know, we start talking. And he was a theater actor. And I just come from the theater. So we mm -hmm. kind of found some common ground. And I, he was like, well, I was going to go out and get some drinks. I'm like, I actually had someone left a bottle of vodka in my room. We could go have a couple of drinks. So we went up, finished the bottle of vodka, uh, and then went out to a bar and like had some more drinks and just talked about theater. So Kyle and Mr. Whoever he was, uh, the actors, we actually yeah. had an evening together. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. Were you out in like downtown Montreal, like St. Catherine Street area, where all like the bars and clubs are? Yes. It I was staying at the Hotel de Parc. Okay. okay. That's awesome. Which I think is near there. It was near the, there was like an underground uh, street. There's a whole underground yes. yep. shopping yep. district. Yes. It was I right know exactly where you're talking about. Hotel. And so there was like a supermarket right down there. And yeah, we, I, <clears throat> I, I was in Montreal for a month and I probably worked like seven days. So it was just a great paid vacation yeah. in this yeah. gorgeous city. In, it was like July. It was beautiful. And I made friends with some of the background people who I hung out with. And Amy and I hung out a lot. And uh, and also this girl who was playing my love interest, Jean-Michel, I think her name was. So mm -hmm. it was it was just being young and having per diem in a gorgeous city and you know, feeling like a movie star. So it was it was a fun time. I, I have so many great memories of making brain scan. That's, That's awesome. cool. Yeah. So now it's cool because now it, we were able to see you and Edward reunite for a new project <laughs> called Forest Hills. Um, yeah. How how did you get involved in that project? Instagram. Okay, yeah. 
there is a brain scan Instagram page. And somehow they found me and was like, oh my gosh, the guy, he's a really nice guy. And then um, the director of uh, Forest Hills, Scott, yep. Scott yep. Goldberg, was like, oh my gosh, it's Kyle. We have to have you come and do a day on my movie. And I was like, okay. So I flew to New York and shot a day uh, with Eddie. And I don't, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. No, not yet. We've been, but, uh, yeah, we've been in contact with Scott about yeah. about the film and stuff and um, trying to help promote it and stuff. So hopefully you get to check it out soon. Yeah, I don't. I it was a very quick scene, but it was it was so nice to see Eddie, um, because he's been through a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. it was great to see how wonderfully he's doing, and he's a really good actor. Like in our scene, I'm like, oh yeah, he's a really good actor, and uh, he's a super nice guy. Um, so I just wish the best for him. I think he's doing another movie now too. So I would love to see him. You, you know, he's the type of person. He has the type of career where they could pick him for something, for some movie. They could be he could go in an audition and they could give him a chance and he could do it. He could play a really specific part in like an A movie. I yeah, mean, and he's yeah. he is good enough to do that. So I hope he gets that opportunity to show I mean, everybody. American History X is a great example of that. I was actually thinking about that film recently mm -hmm. um, because, you know, he has a very specific, like you said, a very specific part. He plays yeah. it so well. It's it's very like he's very convincing in that role. Yeah. But like also he can play something completely different and he's not like that type of character. And you and you believe it as just as much, right? So yeah, it's absolutely. a lot of range. Yeah, I mean, I could see him playing like a you know, like a surly gym teacher or something. I mean, something like because he's a he's a character now. Yeah. He's not a leading man anymore. He's a real character actor, you know. So he could I think the right part he could he could kill it, and he's he's maneuvering into that position where people are going to give him a chance again. You know, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I hope. Not we look. we actually just had the opportunity to meet him. Uh, it was our first time in October. He was at a convention um, in Massachusetts, and. Of course, I had to tell him about how much I love brain scan because I'm that guy. So, but it was like, yeah, super nice guy. It was great to see that he, you know, he looked well and everything. And, you know, he was just appreciating it. It seemed like just meeting his fans and having people like, you know, gush and tell him how much, you know, they love Terminator 2, brain scan, all, you know, the whole, the whole catalog. So it was, that yeah. was pretty surreal, um, you know, growing up in that specific time. Um, obviously I, I love brain scan, but Terminator two was like everything. And then you mentioned that earlier. It was like, he's he was, the, cool yeah, he was the coolest kid at that time. Like every really? kid wanted to be John Connor. So, um, there's memes yeah. of John Connor, like looking like, <laughs> I mean, he's, it's an iconic character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're driving around like him and Budnick are riding their like motorbikes around the sewers yeah. of LA. It's just, yeah. Who wouldn't want yeah. to do that? So, while listening yeah, the, to Guns N' Roses. Come on. There's memes of him like, you're letting trucks deliver your food, like remote control, so you don't you know where this is going to go? You know? We, we, have, like, we were so afraid of like <laughs> everything that ended up coming true. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, yeah. The 90s were just fear, I guess. That's all it was. Well, I, I, they, in Rhode Island, do they have little remote control uh, delivery carts oh. that roam around the streets? No, not yet. I don't think so. But I'm sure to, they'll be here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have to, they're just, they're like roaming everywhere. And we're like, okay, that's, that's cute. Until really? they start like, walking and, you know, taping over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, it's crazy. I think yeah, there's then, like a meme where it's like, don't you realize where this is heading? And then Eddie on his motorcycle looking at the one. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we, we only have the ones that roam around the supermarket cleaning the floors, but I guess the oh, next okay. step is they're delivering our groceries. So, well, well, I guess there's not a, 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 as uh, accessible a sidewalk system as like where I live in Hollywood. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they're really good. They like navigate this, they go down where the curb is and they go up and they wait for the stoplights and it, they're, they're alive. Yeah. Have you used <laughs> so, it yet? No, I haven't used it. No. <laughs> tell us, tell us when you do. Tell us about your experience. Yeah. I sure will. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you got approached about 
Forest Hills and, you know, they connected with you. Like it, it looks and maybe I'm incorrect because, you know, the the IMDb uh, dates and all that sometimes can be deceiving. It looks like you took a little hiatus for a little while from acting. Is I that did. accurate? Well, I did a lot of commercials and yeah. there were issues with agents. Um, my good. Yeah, you can see where my it dropped off in 2002. Yeah. Yep. And then it's, it's starting back up again. But I, my agent, my wonderful agent became a manager. And I went with these agents who were not very good. And they just couldn't get me the auditions. And I didn't press it. I was doing so many commercials and things were okay. And I, I every now and then I'd get a good audition. But yeah, it, it's partly them. And I should have just fired them and gotten better agents. And, sure. you know, that's, uh, but things work out as they're supposed to. Did no. it take much convincing to get you to to do four sales? Not at all. No, I was like, yeah, let me go back. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not at all. I I um I hadn't worked during the pandemic. Here's why I think it. I, I um I didn't get any of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. Okay, which meant that I couldn't work on a SAG set for the past three years. Yeah, I couldn't do any mm -hmm. commercials. I couldn't do anything. So, uh, and, and had I been in the loop maybe i would have gotten them i'm glad i didn't get them but i don't want to get into that but yeah. um so yeah so i'm trying to get i'm i'm approaching agents now now that it's all oh you know people are getting back to work and then the strike happened so i'm trying to contact agents and get back yeah. into the the loop as they say yes fingers okay. crossed that fingers things crossed. will be clear going forward i know yeah that's a lot of hurdles and things in place the last few years so yeah well i still am a pretty good actor i've i've been a member of the actor studio for 30 years and i've been working you know getting my blade yeah. sharp and keeping it going so uh -huh. and I, you know, i've done things here and there and i've done theater um i just did a a play where i played truman capote uh oh nice yeah, it's a, it's like a, it was on Broadway when I was on Broadway. Actually, it's got a play called True. It's like okay. a it's like a big play. Paint Truman okay. Capote. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying awesome. to get that going somewhere. But really, I need to get an agent. I need to start booking. A, there's so much streaming, written, scripted TV that I if I can get a good agent, I I should be able to book something. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> for what that's worth i guess yeah. i don't know <laughs> for, for yeah we'll see so jamie uh we hold uh monthly horror movie nights at a local brewery that brings the oh, rhode wow. island horror community together kind of like the horror club and brain scan um yeah. we're actually showing brain scan this month and um we're getting a lot of good feedback from the followers even people that have never seen the film before are pumped they can't wait to see, wait to see it Someone left wow. a comment that said Igor walked so Siri and Alexa could crawl and the movie was ahead of its time. You know, so it's it's cool that the horror community definitely appreciates everything you guys put into this film. So, you know, like we, we'd love to show hidden gems to like our community of people. So they can't wait to see it. So just want to put that out there for you to let you know, because I know you talk about how the, the film was always, you know, kind of not getting the direction that it should have gotten when it first released. But, you know, with the cult people that love the film, you know, we always focus on that and, and we love to show people things that they missed, you know? So, yeah, I don't know why it, I, there were, they put commercials out for it. Um, but mm -hmm. my light keeps going out, but it, it wasn't with the studio. You know, the producer yeah. was this guy named Michelle Roy and it was, what was it? It was triumph releasing, um, mm. so I don't know why people didn't go. Eddie wasn't the draw they thought. I have mm. no idea, but, um, it's great that because of streaming and DVDs, yeah. Yeah. That people can watch it and sort of share it. And that there is this wonderful, wonderful horror community that appreciates a good movie because John Flynn was a wonderful director and it was a wonderful, it really start. it starts on the page, you know, like yeah. they say. And then it's the director and then it's the casting and the production and, and it was, it was well done. So, yeah, there, there's really some iconic scenes in there. Just some scenes that will like always live in my mind. Um, yeah. Like when trickster comes out and they start playing, um, uh, what's the band that Pantera? 
was it Pantera, the band that uh, did that song, Mud? Um, ah, I'm oh, that was, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I, oh, I'm going to get flack for the this. The bass player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Primus. Was it? Primus, was that- Primus, Primus. When yeah. he starts playing Primus and then he does yeah. the whole dance scene and he, the, the chicken, <laughs> like there's so, yeah. Oh, it's such yeah. an iconic scene. Um, yeah, but there's so many of those in this film. And, yeah. you know, Kyle has a lot of those. Like his lines are just, he's funny. Um, yeah. He's likable. Thank you. My, <laughs> my double finger behind the neck thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like, wow. And I thought Dude. of that. And, yeah. <laughs> uh why like i mean it's obvious but like in your in your mind why do people like kyle so much like why is kyle what makes kyle not annoying um because he's not (laughs) first of all it's the script um he wasn't given any lines which he wasn't i would i mean i can play annoying and uh stereotype i I can play an annoying friend who you wouldn't want to like if if that was the character but the character was that he was I, I just chose to make him. I used all my good qualities. I I, I didn't I, I didn't push it. I just tried to be as amiable and fun and someone who you'd want to hang out with and not not be annoying. Like well, I and, said, and that was kind of like the goal of the character. Like when they described it, if they described it to you, it was to like him, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm the friend. Okay. Yeah. I have to be yeah. a friend. I have to be friendly. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my action is to be friendly, to be so, to, so but like they say, I said, when it cut out uh, casting it, performance is 90% casting. So I guess they cast me because I was likable. Yeah. I've always, yeah. Do you know the kid, they cast another kid before me and he got chicken pox. Oh no. Oh man. Yes. I just remembered. This. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is now two yeah. two times you have been able yeah. to fill in, in and you took over the role. <laughs> when they were desperate. That's true. I guess that's my forte. Or that was. Um, How yeah, did you well, get a hold of the chicken pox virus and, and get it to I had chicken pox when I was a kid. I had bad chicken pox. And oh, it was okay. down near the... They picked the kid because he was a local hire. He was a kid from Montreal. And they didn't want to fly me in because I was in L.A. And he, I guess he got chicken pox and they were terrified because Eddie had never had chicken pox. And oh. Eddie was 15. So they called me. They were like, have you ever had chicken pox? I'm like, yeah, I had it really bad, which means you're immune to it. So yeah. they're like, OK, you're, you're flying out tomorrow morning. And I was like, great. So that's how that happened. I they would think, have about, been- think about how bizarre that is. You got to roll. <laughs> Because yeah. you've had chicken pox really bad at one point in your life. That's, yeah, it's a hundred percent. I always felt like I had a friend who died right before that, and I felt like he um he was the one who did that. He made that happen it, for you. He gave yeah. the kid chicken pox from him yeah. chicken pox. <laughs> yeah, it seemed really it seemed very uh, fortuitous yeah. how that happened. Yep. Now you kind of you spoke about it that um like Kyle's role, you kind of just like improv. And so a lot of things you said, like you just like before we cut out, you were talking about like the middle fingers and everything like that. Like how much freedom did you have with this role? I had, I just had to say the words that were on the page and then Mm -hmm. I could do whatever I wanted as long as I got those words in. So I did whatever I wanted. And I was trying to be kind of a, not a stoner, but just a goofball. Mm-hmm. like a goofy goofy friend who would who would be nice to have as your friend like why yeah. did he like me or his character so i had to make myself just amiable and non-threatening and someone who you'd want to be friends with yeah i told you that at the beginning of the um show yeah you definitely hit the nail on the head as a horror fan you know like you know some of our friends and everything like that it's you know dude did you watch this yet did you see this like it's it's the same it's the same yeah. thing like whenever we get a fangorian you see what's on the cover you know yeah. and yeah that's that's what it's been you know you definitely hit it on the head yeah i was definitely a horror fan i'm sorry my my light keeps turning off but whatever um <laughs> yeah i was i, I wasn't a, i didn't even know fangoria i wasn't no. a horror fan i actually don't like scary movies i don't like the, the uh, i don't i don't like being shocked i i don't like gore 
So yeah. I was I was playing that character, but I was a fan of other things. Like oh, I was I mean I was I was like a deadhead. Mm. Like I was a fan mm. of, and so I knew what like fanboys acted like. I yeah. knew how that whole thing the energy that you would get. So yeah. I was just transferring that yeah. to yeah to horror. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how was it working with uh, T. Ryder Smith? You know, um, I never saw the man. I oh, you never seen him that man to this day. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't have any scenes together, and when I first saw the movie, I was in awe. I thought he was going to become the next, uh, whoever the what am I talking thinking about? Freddy. Freddy. I thought he yeah. was going to be the next Freddy. I thought yeah. there'd be sequels. I'm like, oh, this is gonna wow, he's gonna have this. Did he have gonna... did he have interest in doing any more or did he not want to? Or was it just never brought up? It wasn't it's it's, it's about the money. There was oh. if there was no money for oh, this since it didn't uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Because this there could have been a brain scan too. Sure. If uh if we had made a hundred million dollars, I'm sure we all would yeah. have loved going back to Montreal. Damn you, non movie goers. Damn you. <laughs> I blame all you nineties <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. I don't All know right. if they, they they made commercials for it. I remember seeing my my commercial like, oh my gosh, there's a commercial for brain scan and thinking it was going to do well. I had other friends who thought it was going to do well. Yeah. But kids, people just didn't go out. I don't know. You why. know, I wonder if um so some of the, the murder scenes, they're they're like, I mean, it's not the goriest thing we've ever seen. There's like obviously there's the no. foot scene, but it's not like the goriest thing, but it's kind no. of real. I, I mean, the one scene where he, the guy's in, sleeping in bed and he like murders him while he's yeah. sleeping pretty much. I mean, that's pretty violent and real. I wonder if that deterred some people from, people, I don't know. They never got that far. They didn't they, even get to it. There was never any word out. There were never enough people in theory to be like, oh, don't Crazy. go see this because it's a little no. scary. No, and that would have been, that would have been, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. That damn well, light. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the damn light. My whole setup, <laughs> my little truck. Yeah, it never, it never, it never got that far. People never even got a chance to see what they didn't want to see. Mm. But um, okay, I, I but, feel I feel like timing is everything. You know, maybe the audiences in '94 just weren't ready for this, or maybe they just the interest in horror wasn't there. The '90s are kind of a weird like decade for horror, I guess. Like we look at yeah. back at the '90s films now, and we're like, "Oh, I love that one," or you know, Candyman and this and that. But like, we kind of call it, Brand. What has it been called recently? Like, kind of the undiscovered decade of horror, or something yeah, like that. The, like, yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Um, I don't think there was horror enough. I think they saw Eddie Furlong and, and the real, you know, slasher horror fans. Yeah. Were like, nah, this is for kids, mm. and uh, the kids were like, nah, this is for slasher fans. Sure. So. It maybe it just was just too right in the middle of yeah. something. But I wonder there was in the script mm. a death scene for me. Yeah. There was a scene where Eddie killed Kyle. And I was really excited to shoot that scene. Yeah. And the producer, Jeffrey Sudson, is like, Yeah, we're gonna cut out your death. We decided to cut out your death scene because you're you're testing so good. We've you're, you're it would have upset the, the audience. The, yeah, no. and that may have just been bullshit. You know, they may have been like it's too long, and we don't want to. Is it, time to shoot it was it actually filmed? No. Oh no, never no film. They never filmed it. No. So I think I think that was just them trying to make me feel better about them cutting my big scene. Mm. Like really, we just don't want to kill you. They like didn't want to. Shoot. They didn't have the budget or. No. The, they're going to need graphic special effects. And so to make me feel better, this wonderful line producer, great guy, Jeffrey Sudson, um, was like, yeah, listen, you're just too likable and we're afraid that it'll ruin the movie. Which, looking back now, maybe it would have helped the movie if sure. there was one, some, yeah. some blood and guts in there. Do you know how it would have been, how it would have been done? I think he was going to stab me. I think it was like him, like, so it was like, Eh, eh, eh. And, then he, and then he steals your lucky charm and yeah he steals my lucky charm and maybe he cuts my foot off or whose foot was that the foot was the guy in the bed okay the yeah, he gets he gets the the necklace 
Because you have that scene where you're like, it's magically I know, delicious. You know, I, you, I wrote that. I wrote that line. <laughs> it's magically delicious. That was a kind of a dumb line. No, it was. <laughs> it, but it, it, if you can recite it today, like if you could, if it sticks in your yeah. mind, you're. I mean, you know, those, yeah. that means it was effective. Here's my lucky charms. It's magically delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I you know, you know, for the for the film, you know, I wonder what the release date, like what the competition was for that for the box office you know what I mean? too, yeah because that definitely plays a big role because we we had a few uh uh writers that were just on the show a couple um weeks ago where they had a great film and the film just didn't hit off because it came out the same week as oppenheimer and barbie you know what i mean so yeah i, I wonder if that's what happened with brain scan it could have been that yeah. that's a good point. I never. I, there is probably a way to research that, but that, yeah, that might definitely look yeah. it up. Yeah, but I went to see it with uh, my mom and some friends, yeah. and it was it was empty. <laughs> mm. But uh, the girl at the box office recognized me, so I felt really like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do, you, do you stay in contact with any of the cast? <clears throat> Um, Amy and I are friends on Instagram and we like yeah. chat every now and then. Uh, Frank Langella, no. Um, uh, Eddie, we actually, he lives nearby and we, um, have texted each other. Like we're going to go walk around or get, get some food, but it hasn't happened, but that, that could happen. He's a, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. So that could be fun, but he, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was it was nice to see him and to see how well he's doing. And Amy, um, she did amazing in the film too. Like her yeah. character is just like that quintessential girl next door crush. Yeah, um, yeah you just want it to work, and then you're afraid that he's going to do something um, obviously bad to her. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like overall, like there's so many things that I've I've always felt like. In importance of like telling people to watch the film and check it out because like i just feel like it deserves it like everybody every actor in it was amazing um i always hated frank langella uh frank langella and just yeah because of his character like i always associated him with that character and i hated he that character yeah, yeah. Hmm. and it's like that's a sign of someone who's very effective in their role right when you actually He's have feelings about it. um yeah, but yeah I saw just, him on broadway in in like Sherlock's last case and he was phenomenal. So when I I had to take a car ride with him and I was just a fanboy with him like yeah. and he was very nice. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and Amy like Amy had like me had dropped off a little and then she booked Heartland. Heartland, yeah. you know, and she suddenly now she's doing tons of uh scripted episodic streaming TV and she's she's just cranking. It's yeah. so wonderful. So, yeah. you know, that yeah. Yeah, I love I love seeing when, you know, you're able to see something that you appreciated years ago and then it, you see that resurgence of it. And then you also kind of are able to, like, see where everybody is, you know, today and that they're, yeah. you know, everybody's still kind of um, trying to stay active or they're doing their own thing in some way, shape or form. And that's kind of nice to be able to catch up with you doing this and hear about the rest of the cast. So, you know, thank, thank you, you for sharing this time with us. We appreciate that. Well, this is, this is, it's, it's wonderful for my, uh, my ego. Yeah. <laughs> people, <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't, I was, it was around like 2014. I was on Facebook and some people kept, like would pop up and be like, Oh my God, you're Kyle. This was mm. back when I was Jamie. Yeah. I'm like, you know, Kyle, like what's going on? And it, that just sort of kept going, and that's it's amazing. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So, uh, well, uh, I'm gonna send us send us off. If you could just hang on one minute after we wrap up, but hey. again, I want I want to just say thank you again so much for joining us today, having this conversation, and talking about a film that we love. Thank, so thank you guys for keeping this going. I I don't get any residuals, but please go see the movie and buy it. I think I've gotten like 18 cents. You know, <laughs> oh, and I man. All right. And it's on a Canadian bank, so I can't even cash. Oh, Jesus. Oh, damn. <laughs> but thank you guys for that. And have Absolutely. a great time at your screening. That'd be, that's great. Thank you. 
Um, so as as he said, you know, everybody make sure if you're in our area, join us on January 26th at Buttonwoods Brewery, 8 o'clock. We're showing Brain Scan. You guys are going to love it if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, make sure you watch it with an audience. It's going to be a good time. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good night. Game over. You lose.